This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. A review of Carnival Luminosa today. No cruise news, though. We might do it on Sunday. This is what happened. So I was leaving Rome yesterday, got on the plane, started heading over across the Atlantic, made our way into Charlotte, got put in a holding pattern for a couple of hours. Long story short, 20 hours to get home. So got home in the wee hours of the morning and I'm just fried right now. So we're going to do this one interview with Barbara on Carnival Luminosa and be done with it. Hey, Barbara. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for calling in, offering to give this review of Luminosa. We haven't heard from Luminosa sailing in the States yet. We've only gotten reviews from her over in uh, Australia out of Brisbane. So excited to talk about this. But before we get to Luminosa, we'll take a step back here like we always do. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to fly across the country to board Luminosa? Yeah, so Alaska, you know, it was on my list, but not at the top of my list. But Carnival sort of made me a casino offer that I couldn't refuse uh, for a balcony cabin. So I thought, why not? And then um, my adult son wanted to come along and we never get to travel together. So we thought, why not? So he booked an inside cabin. You said you got a great deal you couldn't refuse. Do you normally cruise Carnival like just out of Florida since you're down in South Florida? You know what? I'm right in between Miami and Port Canaveral. It's just so convenient. So I yeah. cruise World Caribbean and sort of Carnival primarily at this point. Okay. And any pre-cruise yeah. time over in Seattle? So we did. We flew in. The cruise left on a Wednesday. We flew in Monday. We got in at midnight. And we stayed at a hotel that was highly recommended up by the um, Space Needle. Mm -hmm. So we just landed at like midnight, took a cab and um, got to the hotel in about 20 minutes. And that gave us all day Tuesday to do some sightseeing. How is Seattle holding up these days? So Seattle really surprised me. Um, It was a lot more peaceful a place to visit than I thought it was going to be. It was really beautiful. Um, We did the underground tour on Tuesday, which was really interesting. I really recommend it and learned a lot about the history and how Seattle was settled. And um, I just found it all really interesting. And then we walked over to Pike's Place Market for several hours. We had a great lunch. We saw them throwing the fish. I mean, we just had a really, a really great day. It was, it was, it was nice. I'm glad we had worked in that extra time. That'll give you some uh, a good leg work out there to those hills in Seattle. That's for sure. Well, yeah. fortunately, Uber was mm-hmm. was there in a second and very inexpensive. So we did Uber a lot. Yeah. We cheated. <laughs> gotcha. So you make your way <laughs> up the very next day. You go to the port to board Carnival Luminosa. How was the embarkation process and how long did it take you, would you say, from a curb to ship? Yeah, so it was super easy. Our hotel offered a shuttle for $10 per person. The ride was maybe 15, 20 minutes. And we pretty much literally walked off the shuttle, gave handed the porter our bag, and pretty much walked on the ship. Um, our check-in time was uh, between 11.30 and 12, so maybe that had something to do with it. But really, no delay. None. Awesome. So you make your way on board Carnival Luminosa, mm-hmm. an older ship and not really a, a carnival ship. It came from Costas. So what were your first impressions walking on board? I have to 
tell you, I loved it. I thought it was really beautiful. You know, you walk into, I think it's a 10-story high atrium. It's gorgeous. And right there in the atrium is that big, beautiful Fernando Botero sculpture of the reclining woman, which I love. And coincidentally, I had seen some of his other sculptures in the lobby of the Four Seasons down here in Miami. So um, I was surprised, but it was beautiful. And then we learned during the cruise that there are over 120 Murano glass fixtures and chandeliers throughout the ship. So it's a really artsy, you know, beautiful ship, I thought. Was it holding up for its age? Yeah, I thought so, for sure. I really didn't see a whole lot of wear and tear. It was very, very clean. Um, Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I'm not really that picky, but Mm -hmm. I like a clean ship, and it seemed to be in pretty good shape. Of course, they're constantly, you know, cleaning and polishing and yeah. One day came out and did all the balconies gotcha. while we were at uh, in a port. So it, it's holding up great. You make your way to your stateroom. You mentioned you booked a balcony stateroom. So how was your stateroom for the eight nights? Yeah, I did. I had a balcony on deck seven um, on the port side. It was great. Uh, you know, carnival rooms are pretty big and especially for one person. So I enjoyed it. The balcony was a good size. I had beautiful views. They have nice, big, thick blackout curtains because it was light till like 10, 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. So the room did get blackout dark. So it was great. It was really nice. I had no issues, okay. which, you know, I had read uh, people previously having some plumbing issues on the Luminosa. And we, I mean, we lucked out. That just wasn't our experience. We had good cabins. So let's talk about dining on board Luminosa. We'll start at the buffet area first. How was that yeah. Lido Marketplace? So I really liked it. It's a weird setup, or, or I should say a different setup, where everything is sort of, you know, in modules or separated, like the chopsticks is on one side, and the, you know, the, the deli is separate from that, and the pizza is in the front instead of all the way in the back. I really liked it. We ate at the buffet frequently, and there was, I mean, rarely was a time that I encountered a line of maybe more than 10 people would be a lot. So it was very, I I thought it was very convenient and, um, you know, easy to use. Does the buffet deck, uh, Lido there, does it have uh, any Guy's Burger joints or Blue Iguana Cantinas, uh, Seafood Shack, anything like that? Yeah, so it's got a lot of different options. So in the buffet, there's the Pizzeria del Capitano in the front, the deli, and then kind of on either side, on the port side and, and on the starboard side, there's the seafood and then the chopsticks. And then outside of the actual, technically the buffet area, there's not a guy's burger, but there's off the grill burgers, mm-hmm. which I tried one time and it was fine. Um, I do like guy's burgers. I especially like the toppings. So I, you know, but it was okay. It was a good substitute. And then they had a tacos and burritos little stand as well. So it was fine. Okay. Um, and then in the back, yeah. And they asked by the serenity pool and bar, there's a barbecue. Was the barbecue comparable to like Guy's barbecue on carnival ships? Okay. So I didn't have the barbecue. My son did. And he said it was really good, but he says all food is pretty good. (laughs) I don't really know, (laughs) but he enjoyed it. He went more than once. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a testament. Yeah. Plus food subjective anyways. Like you might hate something. I might love it. So yeah, exactly. 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 So let's talk about Mm -hmm. the main dining room then. What time dining did you have and how was it throughout the eight nights? Yeah, so we had the anytime dining, which was convenient. We ate in the dining room a couple of nights. Um, the first night, I, time just got away from us, and it was 
I, I think you could book on the app until nine and we booked at like eight forty-five. And of course we had a table right away. We went in, we knew what we wanted. We had looked at the menu on the app. We ordered, they brought our food within 10 minutes. Everybody was very happy because they were closing out for the night and the food was good. I, I mean, I've learned in the carnival dining rooms not to order the steak. It's just never seems to come out right. But I have to say everything else I thought was really good. The short ribs and the, we ate in there on the lobster night. The lobster was good. Um, really no complaints. You can always sort of find something. The salmon, the fish was good. We did the steakhouse on the second night, and that was exceptional as usual. And then when we were leaving, the service was a little, our server was really sweet, but I think he was very new, but that's okay. But as we were um, finishing up dessert, he brought me a bottle of wine, which was nice. It's not a wine that I usually drink, so I gave it to my room steward. She was really happy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but we did the buffet a couple of nights, too, because we were in port kind of late, and we we did eat in port, you know, every every time we could. So, um, but yeah, no complaints about that. What was interesting was that the, the steakhouse was open on embarkation day. They did a pasta bar which was really nice. So when we finished our mustard drill, we went right up to the steakhouse and they did a little like a chebang kind of menu where they give you a little piece of paper and a pencil and you circle Mm -hmm. the kind of pasta you want, the kind of sauce you want, the kind of salad you want. And so that was really convenient. And they also had that one or two other days um, during the cruise. I saw it on the app. I've never been on Luminosa. So is the steakhouse, is it up high or kind of mid? Yeah, no, it's up on deck 10 and it's kind of midship. It's it's small. Mm-hmm. It, it was small, but it was nice. It had good window views. You know, it was okay. it was pleasant. Yeah. How was the entertainment on this 8-night cruise? So the entertainment was fine. Um they have that big ocean plaza kind of um I guess showroom, but it has a big band area and a big dance floor and a nice big bar and that seems to be like kind of the hub. So there was some good music. There was some fun dancing, karaoke, all that good stuff. You know, it's a weird, it's very different than a Caribbean cruise because things sort of shut down early because people are tired. You know, you're in port like for a long day and um, it's just a different vibe. So the entertainment was, was fine. We never went into the nightclub, which normally we would do for at least, you know, one or two nights for a drink, but it never seemed to really be. Um, hopping for sure, but it was fine. Um, they did a Motown night one night up on deck, which my son and I were really excited about. We went up and there was one other family up six from Hawaii. So the eight of us had a great time with all the Motown music. That was that. But the, um, 4th of July bash up on deck was really well attended with an excellent DJ. And that was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's funny you say about the things kind of shut down early because one of the number one questions that I get about Alaska cruises, at least, is, well, I'm worried about what the ship's going to be like. And I just tell people, I'm like, I really wouldn't even worry about that. I mean, yeah, you want to be on a yeah. nice ship, but you, it's so port intensive. If you do excursions all the time, you're going to be just wiped when you get back to the ship. I agree with that 100%, Doug. I really do. To me, the it's, it's kind of, it's a lot like a European cruise it's mm-hmm. basically just your hotel and your means of transportation yep. Yep, 100%. yeah and i and i and a lot of people i spoke to kind of felt the same way so how yeah. were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion i never really encountered any crowds or congestion i mean it's not a very big ship 
I now about two weeks prior to the cruising, I had looked and it was sold out, but I never got an actual number. Once we got on board, I just didn't think of it, but I think it was sold out. And I mean, it just was never congested. You could always get a seat in the theater. It's a two story theater um, with really, really well done too. There's no big poles blocking anywhere. So the sight lines from anywhere are, are really good. We went to the theater for the, um, Deal or No Deal. I went to one of the shows one night. I went to the Love and Marriage. So I, I did a couple of things in the theater, and it was it was never really overcrowded. So um, no problems with congestion. How about the casino? As far as the smoke situation in and around the casino. Yeah. So here's my only negative is, um, and I enjoy the casino and I can put up with, I'm a non-smoker, but you know, that's okay. It comes hand in hand with casino, but the ventilation system is not good. I mean, it was, it was really smoky in there. And I, um, which, which in a way is a good thing because it kept me out of the casino like late, late at night when it just got to be overwhelming. Um, so I shifted more playing earlier, but the casino did get very smoky and that was on both sides. I, I don't even know if there was a designated non-smoking area because to me it was all very smoky. Gotcha. Unfortunately. Yeah. Did y'all have the Wi-Fi package at all? So I didn't except for the last C day because I needed to book some things for going home. So I bought the, just the one day package. It was $22 and it worked great. Of course, you know, we were pretty close to it. it that was the day that we were at sea, but then we were in Victoria that night for a couple of hours um, late at night. I don't know if that had anything to do with it being close to shore, but yeah, I had no problems. And I thought it was a fair price for the one day. So let's talk about the ports of call you did on this eight night cruise. And what we'll do here is give us your uh, first port of call. Give us a highlight and just go to the next one. Okay. So we had a sea day, which was great. Um, They have a naturalist on board. She was amazing. We went to her talk. She spent a lot of time up on deck um, and she would make announcements when she spotted whales or seals, that type of thing. So we'd go up on deck with our binoculars. So the sea day was great. And then we landed in um, Sitka, was our first port. We just took the free shuttle into town. We hadn't pre-booked any excursions. It was a little bit of a rainy day, but right when we got off of the shuttle, there were a couple of vendors there offering tours. So we booked one. It was um, $45 a person, and it was a small van. There was only eight of us, and we went to the what seems to be kind of the only two sites, really, the Fortress of the Bears, which is a rescue and rehab center for the brown and black bears. It was really interesting. And then to the Rapture, Ra- Raptor? Raptor Center, uh, where we saw eagles and owls and ravens, and they kind of rehab injured animals. Some of them are, are, are permanent residents, but the, the goal is to kind of rehab the ones they can and let them go. Um, but what was really interesting there is they had a little shed where there were two gentlemen actually doing some totem pole carving. So we got to hang out with them for a little bit and ask them questions. And, and that was really interesting. Um, then we went back into town where they let you off at the shuttle. It's a little bit of like a welcome center. There's a little museum there for $5. 
and a small town and it was kind of raining at that point. So we just opted to go back to the, to the ship after that, but it was an interesting stop. I didn't realize that bears were kind of a nuisance there too, but they, so that's why they actually have so many of them. They probably told you this, but like yeah. there's, there's a lot of bears that get, yeah. uh, the mama bear gets either caught or shot and little cubs are um, rolling around and nowhere to go. So they bring them in. Exactly. Yeah, it was interesting. It was really, um, we have a wildlife center right here where I live, which we go to a lot. It's very interesting. So we definitely wanted to, this was on our list to do. And I'm kind of glad we waited to book it when we got off the shuttle because it was a greatly reduced price for, I'm sure, what people paid the same, Mm -hmm. you know, for the shore excursion. Yeah. Normally is like that. After Sitka, where'd you go? Then we went to Juneau and this was sort of what we both were waiting for because we had booked the helicopter glacier trek on Mendenhall Glacier. And um, it was a beautiful day. We had great weather. It was clear and wasn't really too cold. So we did that, landed on the glacier. It was really interesting. Got to walk around, drink glacier water, take great pictures Um, it was definitely a highlight for the both of us. Um, and then we went into town and we had lunch at the Red Dog Saloon, which was packed. But when we walked up, we said, we'll sit at the bar. And she said, I have two seats at the bar. So we were able to kind of bypass a big line, which Mm -hmm. was great. There were, there were a lot of big groups waiting for tables, but it was really fun, kitschy. It's like, I think it's over a hundred years old. There's a piano player, the servers are in costume and uh, we had great salmon cakes. It was really, really fun. So we enjoyed that in Juneau. Um, and then I went just, you know, I like to shop. I like to even just window shop. So I did a lot of the shops and in and out and the fudge shop and all kinds of good stuff. My son took the tram up to, uh, I'm going to forget the name of it, but you can take the tram up to the top of Robert's tram. I don't remember. But he did that, and there's a restaurant and a gift shop up there and a lot of hiking trails, and he wanted to do some hiking. So he did that, and then we met back on the ship later on in the evening. Was it a Mount Roberts tram or something like that? I, I, that's, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I want to say the ticket was like $50 maybe yeah. in that neighborhood. We did a helicopter or glacier hike via copter about 10 years ago up there, and my buddy was, you know, they, they want, they want to weigh you. They want to know how much you weigh. And oh I, yeah. I saw him like round down. I'm like, dude, uh-uh. don't you dare. No one cares how much you weigh. I don't want to, I want to make it there and back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And they do weigh. They, they yeah. pulled a couple of people as soon as we walked in and took them behind the little room divider and weighed them. And then they sort of place you in the helicopter according to weight. So mm-hmm. it's a science for sure. Yeah. You don't want to fool around with that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. any, anything else after Juno? No, that was it for Juno. We, it was a long day. We were in port for quite a while. Mm-hmm. In fact, we didn't even have dinner. <clears throat> we got back on the ship because we ate in the port. And then the next day we were in Skagway, which was a really fun little town. We took the uh, White Pass Summit train, um, shorter excursion. So our, some of them are like six or eight hours. Ours was only three hours, but it, honestly, it was perfect. And what I didn't realize is you basically, or where we docked anyway, you walk off the ship and you walk onto the train. It's right there. So that was a lot of fun. There was a super, super long line. And the attendant kept telling everybody, you know, walk to the front, walk to the front. And so we just kept walking to the front and we ended up on the very first car and there were maybe 10 of us in the whole car. So 
everybody got to sit by a window, whereas those first couple of cars in the back were sort of packed, you know, so that would be a tip. Walk to the front Mm -hmm. of the train if you're going to take that train. But that was really interesting. And that's really where we learned the most about the actual gold rush and the, you know, the people that came and the trail that they took and the whole, the whole history of the gold rush. So um, that was well worth it. We enjoyed it. I've never done the train up there. Does it have like a snack cart in it or anything like that? No, it didn't. But what's really cool is you can, it has little platforms in the back of each car. So Mm -hmm. you, you can't walk from car to car, but you can stand out on the platform. Um, so we did that. It was a little chilly, but it was great for picture taking and kind of going through the tunnels. So, um, that was really nice. They handed out bottles of water. Maybe there's something different on a longer excursion. Yeah. But for ours, that, that was pretty much it, which was fine. The scenery breathtaking. It was just, yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. We got great pictures, um, great story kind of storytelling about, you know, the, the men who built the hotels along the way and how many people and, the, you know, didn't make it. And the, the percentage of people that actually came out for the gold rush versus those that actually found gold. It was just really, really interesting. So it was it was worth the money for sure. It's a great little town. When we when we came back, we went to town. We had a really nice um, early dinner, late lunch. But that's a fun town to kind of walk around and has a great little welcome center. So so I would recommend people spend some time there. Then we went to, well, it's kind of a sea day, but we did the Tracy Arm Fjord excursion mm-hmm. where the little boat comes up to the yeah. ship and takes you, you know, closer to the, I think it was the South Sawyer Glacier. Mm-hmm. And that was really, I think, worth the money. We got some great um, wildlife viewing on that. We saw tons of eagles and on the icebergs, lots of seals. It was really, really interesting and a beautiful ride. It was kind of long, but um, but I enjoyed it. it. It's a heated cabin inside. Um, and then, of course, you can go out on the deck and take pictures and it had a little bar with complimentary um, hot chocolate and tea and coffee. So that was really nice. Did you get to experience any of the glaciers calving? Yeah, not, yes, not giant chunks, but we could see it and hear it, but you know, nothing too extreme, but we de- definitely did get to see a little bit. So that was interesting. Isn't that sound wild? It makes it, it is. And the colors like the yeah. blue and they explained how that's really just the light refraction mm-hmm. and, you know, all that scientific stuff. And then the, they even brought some chunks of glacier ice on board so everybody could feel how soft and smooth it is. It sounds weird, but um, yeah, it was very interesting. Very interesting. I was on a sailing a few years back and I think it was the same one. It was either Tracy, it was, I think it was like Dawes Glacier actually maybe, but they brought a big piece of ice in onto the ship and it was a brilliant way to make money because they were making people cocktails that were off the glacier ice. So basically your liquor would run down the glacier ice and into your martini glass and they were yeah. selling the crap out of it. So they were like, it's a brilliant marketing. Even if it wasn't from the, the, the sea, people would have never known. Well, they made, they offered some kind of a blue glacial drink on this ship and we bought one for ten dollars and it was so strong i mean i just i couldn't even it was early too it was so <laughs> strong but um that's yeah. what that's what this one was too was a blue drink so it might have been the same thing actually maybe yeah, maybe no. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> after your stay at sea what was next mm-hmm. 
Um, then we did, um, which was kind of only like a half a day. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, we left there pretty early. So we didn't have anything booked specifically, but it's a great walking town. There was a couple of ships in port, but it didn't seem overcrowded. Um, this was really the place to do your shopping. Um, lots of little shops. We walked down to Creek Street. And um, that was fun. We stopped. We talked to a bunch of fishermen and we saw some salmon. We were there. So we went on the June 28th sailing. And apparently we really were just like two or three weeks shy of the salmon really starting to run heavily. So we didn't get to see too much, but it was fun to, you know, watch the fishermen and and talk with them. Um, Did some great shopping. The lumberjack show is right there. And Again, that's something, I mean, it, I wasn't interested in it, but you people just walked off the ship and walked over and bought tickets. So it's not something people have to really stress about, you know, booking ahead of time. Um, but that was 4th of July. So the whole town was getting ready for the 4th of July parade. So that was kind of fun. And people were lining the street and waiting for the parade. And um, so we liked Ketchikan. I wish we would have had more time there. Ketchikan has no shortage of stores either. That's for sure. everywhere. Yeah, but it was fun. They had a couple of great coffee shops. Yeah. Shopping, got some specialty coffees. And yeah, it was nice. I enjoyed it. The whole process behind these salmon and how they always come back to where they were born just blows my mind. It's really, really interesting. And, and you know, I happen to live on one of the few beaches where the turtles do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They'll come back 30 years later and, yeah. and, and lay their eggs on the same beach where they were born. So when they were talking us and, you know, educating us about the salmon, I just was like, how does yeah. that so wild. What is that little chip in their brain? <laughs> I know, right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really I can't even remember where I put my AirPods and I have to order new ones and find them like a week later. And these guys are coming back to the same exact back <laughs> space 30 years later. So, yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Um, so uh, after Catch a Can, what did we do? Yeah. So then the last day was a day at sea. Uh, we docked in Victoria, but only for like three, three or four hours. And it was like eight at night to 1130. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had done a, a late dinner on board. I just I was kind of over it at that point. I really, I didn't want to get off. My son did get off, um, the ship. He just walked around a little bit, took a picture at the Canada, you know, welcome to Canada sign. Um, but that was kind of it. I don't know if I really missed that much with just such a short amount of time, but I opted to stay on the ship that day. You're there for such a limited time. It's like, get the photo op with the ship in the background and the sign right. there and be done with it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. So you make yeah. your way back to Seattle. How was Debark for mm-hmm. you? Uh, well, we had used, which is the first time I ever even sort of heard of this, but they offered that port valet service which um, I had registered for online prior to the cruise. So how it works is, and there's no cost, you put your, you know, you put your suitcase out your door the night before as usual, but they take it. um, And the next time you see your bag is at your home airport after you land. So they actually take it to the airport and check it in for you. And um, so we just, I mean, we each only had a carry on anyway, and plus a backpack. So we just kept our backpacks with us. We port valeted our two bags. So that was great. Um, so we sort of were the last ones off the ship because we didn't have our flight wasn't until nine o'clock that night. Um, so we just had breakfast, hung out and then kind of walked right off at nine o'clock. No problem. And I used the um, day use app to book a hotel just for the day. So 
because I didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to go to the airport or just walk around till nine o'clock at night. And that worked out great. So we just took an Uber over to our hotel and then went back to the market and just enjoyed the day. Isn't that app freaking brilliant? I mean, I use it a lot. I Mm -hmm. think it's great. Yeah, exactly. It's so worth the money. I actually, I found a new one too, because I've been a big believer of that one since I first found it in 2017. And probably every cruise port, I have a flight after four o'clock, I use it. Um, Yeah. I found one called Hotels by Day as well. So it's just like- Oh, really? Yeah. So it- Pretty much the same hotels are in the same program, but some of them are a little competitively priced. So I always toggle between day use and hotels by day because they both have the same thing. And I think you can actually prepay on hotels by day where the other one you pay um, at their property. But still, uh, another option for you if you always use it like I do. Yeah, good to know. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I'll check it out. Any first time tips to offer either someone sailing Carnival Luminosa or going to Alaska for the first time? Um, yeah, I would say a couple of things that I didn't know, you know, I didn't know about, and I'm glad I found out about. And, and first I would say the embarkation, um, lunch in the steakhouse was just a great way to start off the cruise. It was nice to, you know, I mean, we just walked up, they gave us a table for two by the window. We had a really nice relaxing lunch. So take advantage of that if it's offered. Um, one of the big things that, you know, I see people panicking online about, the excursions are sold out and we went down to um, talk to the shore excursions desk and about, I forget which, which one it was, but anyway, the hub app, the excursions populate in real time. So throughout the cruise, you would see something that had been sold out for months suddenly become available because as people are canceling or changing their plans or whatever, the excursion would become available. So I would just tell people, you know, if you don't get the excursion you want ahead of time, don't worry too much because just keep checking the hub app and it might, it might show up. Um, the other thing I would say is if you're going to Alaska, and I'm sure all of the ships have some version of a naturalist on board, um, she was great. She was a young girl still studying at one of the universities in Alaska, but just like a wealth of knowledge. And she would make announcements when there was a whale sighting or a bunch of seals and like I had mentioned my son had an inside cabin and he probably saw more wildlife than I did because he spent so much time up on deck 10 with her and the same little you know posse of wildlife enthusiasts with their binoculars and actually it was a great way he he met you know a lot of the same people that he'd then have a drink with and so take advantage of the naturalist talks Um, there were several of them on um, on our cruise and other than I use that port valet service, can't really think of anything else. Oh, my son did buy the the full cruise, the eight day um, spa package mm-hmm. with the you know with the saunas and the steam rooms and the hydrotherapy pools, and he was up there at least twice a day. He he thought that was a great value. Nice. So. Yeah. Does Carnival open up the bow with the ship at all for like when you're doing scenic sailing? Say that again. Do they open the So like like bow? some cruise lines open up the very forward part of the ship where you yeah. can actually go to the very front? No, if they did, it wasn't announced or, gotcha. and I didn't notice it. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. But there's so much deck space. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there is a jogging track all the way up on I think deck 11. Um and then, you know, deck 10, like I said, there's plenty of space. That's where the naturalist would pretty much 
say, hey, I'm going to be up here. There's a bunch of, you know, whales off to the port side or something. So there's just, there's a lot of deck space. Gotcha. All right. Well, looking back here, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? Physically, it was probably the helicopter ride. It was just really, really gorgeous. Um, You know, getting to, you know, when your kids become adults, you don't get to spend a lot of one-on-one vacation time with them. So that was really, really special. This is a trip that sadly my husband never got to take in his lifetime. And he would have just loved to have been able to go to Alaska. So we kind of did it in his memory. So Mm -hmm. it was really, really great. But just the, just the, the, you know, you just don't see scenery like that, at least down here in flat Florida, you know? So it was just, um, visually just stunning the whole trip. Yeah. Awesome. Well, looking back, um, let's see here. So we did that. So, uh, in closing, what are your final thoughts of Carnival Luminosa? I would say that I read a lot of negative, um, reviews about the luminosa i never would i mean if i if i didn't go to places where i read negative reviews i would probably not have gone to half the places that i've gone Mm -hmm. in my life so i don't really let that impact me but i'm always afraid it's going to turn off like someone new to cruising and you know maybe because we didn't have any plumbing issues with our cabins or whatever we we had good luck i don't know but i i thought it was a great um I thought it was a great size ship for an itinerary like this. It was nice to come on board to sort of a peaceful, small crowd and not have to wait long to get a drink or to have dinner. So um, I would say just don't hesitate to book the Luminosa and get having an eight day as opposed to the typical seven day was like a little bonus thrown in. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, that uh, extra day in Alaska would certainly be nice with that cool weather, especially how we're we're heating up down here in Florida this time of year. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. And we really lucked out with the weather. We heard time and time again, people saying to us um, that the prior two weeks had been really rainy and we just had one sunny day after another. So it was great. We've been speaking with Barbara about her eight night sailing with her son up to Southeast Alaska aboard Carnival Luminosa. Barbara, thank you so much for giving us this review. We sure appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Doug. This is fun. Do you have a story or a tip to report? Let us know. Email tips at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.